0: What's up guys welcome back to speak Choose sports this is Bert as usual and today I'm doing my mock draft so um I want to apologize for not being able to get the actual article out in time I was gonna write an article but and I, I I got busy took a lot of time I couldn't get it out uh, but I want to do this here so I can give you guys a visual representation of this draft Um, I'm gonna try to explain my picks as I go along and explain my logic for where everyone's going and I'd also like to say that you can find us on a podcasting platforms as well if you're listening to this on youtube if you're listening on a podcasting app you can hop over to youtube uh we got spotify apple pods all that good stuff timestamps are also down below if you want to skip around i understand you know there's a lot of mock drafts are taken in um but hey if you want to just sit back relax and enjoy i'll be going over all these prospects so as you know with some level of depth top three i probably won't go into as much depth with but you know, that's how it is. Alright, let's get started. So, with the first overall pick, the 20, in twenty twenty two MB draft, Orlando Magic, I'm gonna have them slug in Smith. There's a lot to like about him. He's tall, he can shoot, he can play defense. Those are the main things about him <laughs> right now. He does have a lot of potential um just going forward, just purely because of his height and his shooting ability. Um, he needs to get better finishing around the rim. Overall, field goal percentage is pretty low, as you can see, especially for a guy who's 6'10". He needs to get that up, but with the magic, he'll be able to cruise, you know, let himself develop, and I think he'll be fine here. Let's go to uh, pick number two, which is the OKC Thunder. And they're gonna take Chet Holmgren here. Chet Holmgren is the—he's the unicorn of this draft. Uh, he can do basically everything you'd want a modern center to do. He can uh, space the floor, uh, he passes well, he defends really—he defends really well. Question is obviously with his weight, uh, people are worried that he's gonna get a serious injury in his rookie year or so. I don't think it's as much of a concern right here in OKC, where he doesn't even have to play that much. Uh, he can play as much or as little as he wants as he builds up uh, his muscle and develops his body And I think he will he's a very hard. He's a really hard worker. And the reason I don't have Chet going first is because Supposedly he really does not want to go to the magic. So I Am putting Chet here to the Thunder. And I think he'd be a great fit for them Moving on to number three the Houston Rockets I'm gonna have them select Paulo Banqueiro Look, best remaining player at, the, at this point on the board he is re- a really solid scorer right now uh i, I do believe in his three-point shot i think a three-point shot will get there i think he's good enough to actually uh pull through with that most people compare him to kind of like a like a prime blake griffin like that would be his ceiling right that type of player because he's also actually a pretty good passer he's, he has sneaky good vision he's a solid passer and if he really develops that um that side of him he's going to be a nightmare on offense i mean just straight up his defense is a concern right now but i don't know i think he'll be able to improve he's so athletic and so big that he should be able to improve six foot ten power forward i think he's going to improve okay now we're going to number four number four is the swing spot of this draft in most drafts this is kind of where things get tricky It gets a little weird here because sometimes teams will reach here sometimes they will just take whoever's projected to them last year if you remember the the fourth was uh scotty barnes which was viewed as a small reach uh jalen suggs was expected to go for the year before that i believe was uh patrick williams who definitely was a he was a huge riser so the bulls taking that swing was definitely viewed as a reach at the time uh, and I'm thinking back like even like as far back as poor Zingas's draft when he went four, like that was also viewed as like a big uh, A little bit of a reach a big swing So the Kings could take like four different dudes here and I would not be surprised uh, I wouldn't be surprised. If they took Ivy. I don't think they're gonna take Ivy though I don't know why I just don't feel like they're really bought in on Ivy. I think the smoke about them like saying they would they will draft Ivy so they, they can get the value for the four pick up like in terms of trade talks, I don't think they're gonna take Jaden Ivey. I just, I don't feel like it. And I, I think Jaden Ivey even like outwardly expressed he kind of doesn't wanna to go to the Kings. I understand. Um, Keegan Murray's a really good candidate here. Sharon Sharp, I don't know if he'll go here. I don't think he will go here. He's, he has been falling down a lot of mock drafts recently. And we'll get into uh, exactly why in a second. I wouldn't be surprised if they reach for Dyson Daniels here. Even Benedict Matherin, these two are, watch out, they're sneaky they're sneaky possibilities to go for. But I'm going to take Keegan Murray for now. Uh, I think he would fit decently well with uh, Demonte Sabonis. They would have a lot of spacing, a lot of spacing, for De'Aaron Fox to drive to the hole with. And that would actually be a really, I think it would be a really solid offense. Um, Keegan Murray, obviously he can he can shoot the ball. Uh, he's a great score all around from his position. He can rebound really well he's like um, He's like a Tobias Harris kind of player like that's what you're kind of getting with Keegan Murray uh, Tobias Harris with a little bit of with a little bit more upside, but his defense still needs to be worked on still needs to be improved on But I, th- I think he's a really solid pick for the Kings here. And I, th- I feel like this is a Kings pick I thought like the Kings would pick would, would pick Keegan Murray here. Now at number five if I'm the Pistons, I am ecstatic that Jaden Ivey is available, and I'm drafting him no questions asked. Jaden Ivey is stupidly athletic, ridiculously athletic. This guy will drive and put people on posters like Anthony, like Anthony Edwards level almost. Uh, I mean, not quite that athletic, but he will put people on posters like Anthony Edwards does. Um, he's a really good driver to the rim. His mid range game is a little weird. I feel like he needs more touch from mid range, but at the same time, he has better touch on his shot from three. So it's a, it's a little strange there. I am concerned about his shooting. I will put that out there right now. Even though he's making his shots right now, and it's and they are from NBA range actually, I'm a little worried because he doesn't get much height on the jump shot and it's a little slow. Overall though, Jaden has had you know he has the, the chance to to seriously be a star here. His playmaking potential is a little underrated actually. He himself said he models his game after uh, like people like John Morant and Russell Westbrook, who have good playmaking. So I expect uh, eventually Jaden Ivey can uh, turn into a solid um, playmaker. So I think Jaden Ivey's going to be really solid in the, in the league. I think he'd be great to pair up with Cade. Great pairing in the backcourt. Pacers at number six. I feel like they would take Benedict Matherin benedict mather has been rising ever since the draft process started he could even go as high as five to the pistons like legitimately i think the i think he'd make a really really solid pairing with tyrese halliburton this guy is a guy who can score from he's a he's a three level score can more from anywhere on the on the floor his defense is a little bit of a concern but i feel like if he just really learns to focus and position positions himself better i think he can immediately improve as a defender um but for right now he's an he's an incredible offensive player who has a, a potential to become like maybe like a Bradley Beal-ish type player right one of the league's best scorers potentially um it's gonna take a while to get there if he's gonna be that good obviously but I think he can do it I think he has a sneaky high ceiling and I think Manny is gonna be really really good with the Pacers and Tyrese Halberton Moving on to number seven, the Blazers. This pick could very well be gone at this point in time. Um, as of now where I'm recording this, the Raptors are a potential suitor uh, as well as the Thunder. And I think if it's the Raptors, or even if it's not the Raptors, if, if they just keep this pick, I think the pick is going to be Dyson Daniels. Dyson Daniels is a really, really good um, point guard. He's really, really good defensively. This height right here is misleading. He's not six foot six. He's actually six foot seven and a half, and still growing because he's very, very young as well. This guy is one of the highest potentials in the draft, and I wouldn't even be surprised. Like I said, like if he went as high as four to the Kings, I would not be that surprised. Uh, but yeah, Dyson Daniels. He needs to work on a few things like his shooting, obviously, but his catch and shooting is actually not that bad. Uh, I think he's going to be a better catch and shooter than people expect. The shooting off the dribble is the problem with Dyson Nails because he he has such like a big dip on his shot. Uh, but at the same time, he can drive. Uh, he doesn't have like a, a crazy burst or anything, so he's gonna have to rely on his handles and on leveraging and on screens. Um, but I, I think he I think he'll figure it out. And he also, was a really good floater, so I think he'll be solid there. I think that Dyson Nails is going to be a very solid player. And I definitely think the next team that is available is going to be really, really salty that he is no longer on the board. But yeah, it, it, with with the Blazers, I mean, he's a be raw, but I think the Blazers really, really like him. And just from everything I've read and heard, I really think that they'd be down to have him. Him or Sharp, I think either could go here, genuinely. Let's go to number eight. This is going to be kind of weird It's the Pelicans. Um, A lot of guys are off the board. I think there's like three main options the Pelicans could go with here. I think Shadon Sharp is a real option. Although he did just cancel a workout with them. So I don't exactly know how that's going to go. Um, I don't know if if they're going to hold that against him or not. Um, Johnny Davis, who I think will be a sneaky good fit here. And... Usman Jang and also A.J. Griffin as well. I can't forget about A.J. Griffin. Any four of those players, I think, would is is, is in contention here. But also, apparently, reports have come out that apparently if the Pelicans don't have Benedict Matherin or Dyson Daniels available here, they're going to look to trade the pick. And if they do trade the pick, it very well could be on Sharp, who's in this slot. But for right now, let's pretend the Pelicans have this pick and they're going to make it. Who do they pick? For me... I think they go Johnny Davis, and the reason I'm saying this is because they could use a guard who plays defense, and Johnny Davis loves to play defense. He really gets after it. He's really tenacious and hustles so much. He's gonna make his money defensively. I've said this like in the past three videos, but he's gonna make his money defensively in the NBA. Um, obviously, his field goal percentage is a little bit low, his efficiency, but you had to take into context at Wisconsin, he was kind of the only dude who could make stuff happen. He had to hit a lot of um, tough mid-range shots. And it's not going to be the same in the NBA. There's going to be a lot more spacing. It's going to be way more open for him. And I think he's going to be to look a lot better in the NBA. I do have concerns about a jump shot a little bit. I'm not totally sold on this three-point release. It looks a little weird. Um, but he should be a decent catch and shooter. And also his playmaking, I'm not really sold on this playmaking. He can get guys open just by proxy of him being able to drive and Create uh, space for other guys. But I, I'm, I'm worried about his decision-making particularly and his ability to hit those guys. Uh, I think if he just slows down and recognizes that, I think he'll be okay. Uh, but for right now, I mean, I think he fits perfectly for what the, the Pelicans are could be looking for. A defensive guard, I mean, that's exactly what they want in Dyson Daniels, right? Johnny Davis is, is also very good on defense. five, he's strong. I think he'd be a sneaky good fit here. Moving on to number nine, the Spurs, who also really like Johnny Davis. Uh, I think if Davis is available here, I think it's a slam dunk pick. I think the Spurs will take Davis. Uh, I Listen, I don't think the Spurs are going to take Shadon Sharp. It feels like it's kind of against everything the Spurs really go for. Um, and also the interview we had with the Spurs was just not great. I mean, uh, I think we talked about it last time, but they asked Shadon Sharp, you know, is there anybody on this team that you're excited to play with? And his response was, no, not really. I just see this as a place where I can further my game. Like, that, I don't think Shadon wants to be in San Antonio. <laughs> like, he doesn't even know a single player there. Um, at least that, that's what his response sounds like, right? I feel like that kind of turns them off a little bit from Shadon Sharp. I don't think they go in that direction. So there's a couple guys here I think they could look at. Usman Jang. I think look at AJ Griffin, and I think they could also look at Jeremy Sohan, even though he's a little low here. Jeremy Sohan would seem like a player that they'd want, really. But I'm going to pick Usman Jang here. AJ Griffin's also a really solid. Like, they could not go wrong with any three of these guys, right? I just feel like Usman Jang is probably the pick here. Um, The Spurs said they were going to pick best player available, uh, supposedly, but... Everyone's board is different, so to them, maybe Usman Jiang is the best player available right now, and he's going to be really solid. He can kind of handle on play and make at his size. He's raw, but the fact that he can handle on play and make, like I said, at his size is really enticing and intriguing, and I think that's probably like the the top of where he goes. Maybe the Pelicans consider it, but I don't know if they pull the trigger on him like that. I do think that the Spurs will be willing to take the chance on Usman Jiang, and I think they'd be... I think they can really make it work and i think they can develop them really well number 10. <laughs> this is uh this is my team right here the washington wizards right so a lot of different directions you could go in here um aj griffin Shadon sharp jeremy Sohan on the board obviously um oshaya i wouldn't be surprised if they go for him or Ty tai or jalen williams I personally would love Jalen Williams here, even if it's a reach. I think he would just fit so perfectly on this team. But is that what I think they're gonna do? No, because Shadon Sharp is available right now. If Shadon Sharp is here, they probably take Shadon Sharp. Uh, Tommy Shepard is a. He definitely always drafts best player available, even if it's a little like, even if it's a little bit of a weird fit ish. I think he would take Shadon Sharp. He immediately would. Um, I mean, he's a sh- he's a good shot creator. Um, he's highly athletic, and he has he has a huge vertical. He has bounce. He has he has some of the most potential in this group in, in this class. But at the same time, what's scaring teams is one, he hasn't been doing great in interviews, like at all supposedly. But he's also supposedly had a few really good workouts. So we don't really know exactly what's going on. He might not even be here at 10. He could definitely go earlier, like to 7, to the Blazers or anything like that. But if he is here at 10, I think the Wizards take him. And I think they don't look back. Um, The other thing that's been concerning teams is there's obviously not much film out on him because he did not play basketball at the next level. Uh, His last games were against other high schoolers. And in there, like, there's a lot of AAU tape. And in that tape, he sometimes it looks like he just does, just does not care about defense and like just let lets guys blow by him. That could be just AAU and he's not trying right. If he maybe if he really does try, he would be much better. But he's such a huge swing, and he's definitely one of the biggest boomer bust candidates in this draft. Um, but like I said, I think Tommy Shepard, the Wizards GM, I think he would take that swing at this point. Um, the Wizards need. Talent and this could be somebody who upgrades their talent uh, Potentially so Let's go number 11 The Knicks could go in a number of different directions as well The draft really starts opening up here right Jalen Dern is still on the board um, They could go for him AJ Griffin Malachi Branham Jeremy Sohan I think they're, I'm really stuck between two people right here I really think it's between Jeremy Sohan and AJ Griffin I'm gonna take AJ Griffin here for right now the Knicks could use some shooting. Uh, Adrian Griffin has defensive potential. He needs to get better on defense right now, though. He's really slow laterally. And a lot of people attribute that to his um, his injuries bothering him. And he does have an extensive injury history. He does. Uh, it's it's kind of scary. But at the same time, he does have good potential. And he's only 19. If Thibs can coach him up defensively, I think he'd be really, really solid Fit here, I I hesitate a little bit on Jeremy Sohan because they already have Julius Randle, they already have Obi Toppin. It would be so hard to find minutes for him, uh, and that's kind of why I just went. To, I went with AJ Griffin. They really, I, I really feel like, everybody's focusing on the Knicks need a point guard. I think they're actually okay on point guard. I don't think they're like. I don't think they need to be super desperate. Quickly and Rose are good. Um, even Alec Burks. I think they need wing help, man. Like, I don't think Cam Reddish is enough there um, at small forward. And if they're not playing Cam Reddish there at small forward, they're going to be playing, uh, what's his face? They're going to be playing RJ Barrett, or they're going to be playing Evan Fournier, who are both undersized for the small forward position. Adrian Griffin will provide some size. He's got a big wingspan, so he'd actually make up for uh, being 6'6". He'd make up for it with, uh, with his big wingspan. And I think I think he'd be a solid fit here. And I mean if the Knicks want to go best player available, he's probably best player available besides Jalen Dern, obviously. Alright. And let's go to the twelfth pick, OKC Thunder. I think they're going Jeremy Sohan here. Uh, I'd be surprised if Honestly, I think it's going I think their pick at twelve is going to be either Jeremy Sohan if he's there, or AJ Griffin if he's there. Um I really think at least one of those guys, at least one of those guys, is going to be there. And I think the Thunder will jump all over them. Uh, this, I mean, the Thunder needs some injection of defense in the front court. He could really help. He can guard one through four. In my opinion, maybe some small ball fives. He's just really, really good defensively. He has good vision. He doesn't really. He's more like a hockey assist guy, really. He'll pass to the guy who passes to get to to the person who scores, right? So he won't really be racking up assists like that. But he's solid. He can rebound as well. Um, his his obviously his biggest flaw is scoring and shooting. He's not really probably not going to be a good shooter like that. It's going to take a while. But he can develop that in OKC. He's got tons of time to develop his offense there. But for right now, immediately, he projects as a really really good defender. OKC could use that. Why not? He's got a lot of potential. Take this wing on him. Okay, it's Hornets pick. I want to dispel some draft day strategies, with the Hornets being like, you know. Um, they don't need to take a center here because their guy, you know, the Cavs aren't going to take a center, so they'll be fine. Then look at the center at 15. Look, you can't take the chance that somebody's going to trade up with the Cavs. There's 28 other teams in the league, man. All it takes is one team to trade up there and take your guy, and you're cooked. In this situation. It actually wouldn't be a bad idea to maybe, you know, not take a center here uh, because there's two available. Because Jalen Dern and Mark Williams are both here. But this might not happen on draft night. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure if it'll happen on draft night. So um, I think they'll take Jalen Dern. I think he's the higher upside big man. So I think the Horns will swing there. I wouldn't be surprised actually if they did take Mark Williams over him though. Six foot ten. He's not six foot ten. This guy is like seven foot two in shoes. He's huge He has a monstrous wingspan. I wouldn't be surprised. If they went Mark Williams over Jalen Duren because they want like an immediate win Now guy as opposed to, and they, they just don't care about the upside uh, But Jalen Duren would also be amazing uh, on the Hornets. I mean, he's a very similar ish player Mark Williams, I think is a little lighter on his feet than Jalen Duren But Jalen Duren still great. He's gonna be a great shot blocker Um and he has some upside with some vision. I think his best case scenario is like a taller Bam out of Io. Which is still a really, really good player. So I'm going to take Jalen Dern here for the Hornets. Okay. Here we go with the 14th pick in the Cavs. Look, I really like this guy. And I, I think he could definitely go here. I really think he could go here. He's probably like near the top of his range. But I really would not mind him here. I think he'd be an amazing fit next to Darius Garland. He would really give the Cavs some needed um, shooting, some scoring as well. That's Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. I think he'd be really, really good here with the Cavs. Not to mention his, his wingspan is seven foot two. So, I mean, this guy has defensive potential. He's not the greatest defender right now, but he can definitely develop Especially in this Cleveland defense, they will know how to coach him up. They will get the most out of him defensively with that wingspan. He will be a fantastic guy here, and it'll give them somebody to play besides Isaac Okoro, who hurts the spacing a little bit. He would help the spacing because he can shoot. He can also drive and score, and he's also a solid playmaker. Like he can also get assists. Uh, He has he has solid vision. He's a great player all around, man. I really really like this player. I think he's gonna be good day one, and I think he's gonna get even better as time goes on. Uh, but yeah, I think Jalen Williams is a perfect p- fit for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I could also see Ochai Abaji here. I could definitely see that, or maybe Malachi Branham. But I think Jalen Williams. Uh, I- I'm gonna take my swing right here. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna pick him. Fifteen. Back to the Hornets. I think they could take Mark Williams too and just be set at center. No, I- um. I think the Hornets at this point are deciding between Malachi Branham and Ochai Abaji, and maybe Tari Eason. Um, but to me, I think they would go Ochai. And the reason I say this is because he's more of a win now guy, and the Hornets are kind of trying to win now. Um, so I think they would go Ochai. Malachi is really good. He's a really good scorer. He can score and shoot, um, he can slash. All He can do everything you need to on, on offense. Problem is, his defense isn't that great right now. And the Hornets already have a similar player to that with James Book Knight. So, would they double dip in that type of, uh, in that same stereotype of player? I don't think so. I think they go Ochai Agbaji. He's a grizzled veteran. He can come in right away, provide some defense, provide some shooting, and overall just be a really solid player. He's like a KCP type of player, right? Um, but he's also really, really athletic. I mean, he can really. You can drive to the paint uh, occasionally and catch some bodies. His handle needs some work, obviously, but overall, I think he's a solid. I think he's actually a decent slasher. He's a good cutter, a uh, good backdoor cutter, um, and he, he's so athletic he can catch lobs <laughs> like at six at at six foot six. He can catch lobs, so I think they would totally be down with Ochai Baji at fifteen. At sixteen, this is where it gets a little. Um, up in the air because the Hawks Hawks could go in a totally number different number of directions here. If they wanted to replace Clay Capella instantly, Mark Williams is right there. They could do it, I, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do if they did do it if Mark Williams was here. Uh, By the same time, if they're looking to trade John Collins, right? I feel like they need another person who can score. I feel like Trey Young is so good, but nobody else on that team can get a bucket for themselves. Like, nobody. Um, So why don't they take a guy who's really good at getting a bucket for himself. His defensive issues are a little bit of a liability, but let's say somehow they they pull off a trade for, like, Rudy Gobert, right? Then this guy will be perfect. Absolutely perfect in this scenario. I'm taking Malachi Branham here. He's probably the best player available at this point. As well as, like I said, he can handle the ball a little bit, take pressure off Trey Young when he's being doubled or even tripled like he was like in the playoffs. He can actually take pressure off him and gives them a threat to be able to actually score. That's not Trey Young or Trey Young dependent. He doesn't he's not he doesn't need to be dependent on somebody to create offense for him. He can create his own offense. But also if he needs to, he can spot up and he can shoot, so. Now Rams is a really, really solid player. I think this would be a, a solid fit for him here even though obviously the defense as a whole would be a concern, but Offensively, they'll be a fun team to watch and they'd really help Trey young out offensively 17 Rockets So at this point right I Really feel like They're gonna reunite the Duke boys. <laughs> I think they would take Mark Williams if he's here. He's the best player available I'd say with probably the highest upside right now. And I think he'd be great here. Because, I mean, with Alperen Shengun, his biggest flaw is, like, his defense and his switchability or whatever, right? Mark Williams is lighter on his feet, I feel like. And he'd actually be able to kind of compete. And he offers, like, a different type of center to Alperen Shengun, So he's less of an offensive. He's more of a defensive guy. And I think he'd just be really solid overall here like I, it, a Rotation a center rotation of Mark Williams and Schengen would be really really good And now you have less concerns about the defense. You have way less concerns about the defense with um, With Mark Williams out here as opposed to Schengen So now instead of rolling out Paulo Banqueiro and Alper and Schengen and praying that they can actually defend Why don't you roll back out the Duke boys you got Paolo and Mark Williams here. I don't even know if Mark Williams is going to make it here. I'm going to be honest. But if he's here, they need to take him. I think he'd be great for them. Let's move on to number 18, the Bulls. I think the Bulls are looking for a win now guy. Somebody who can provide a, a good defensive punch right off the bat. And has has a chance to score a little bit. And I think that's EJ Liddell. I think he's a the guy they could really, really use. Um... Some people are saying he's like a PJ Tucker-ish. I can see it. Um, yeah, he, he can. You know, he's a really solid scorer. He can defend really, really well. That's where he's gonna be making his money in defense. He's a solid rebounder. It's a solid pick overall. Um, I'll explain why they didn't take somebody else in a little bit, and that's because they have been falling. But I will take them with my next pick, and I'll take Tari Eason to the Timberwolves. Tari Eason's kind of been falling down boards a little bit. Supposedly, it's because Teams haven't been really impressed with his um, basketball IQ in interviews, whatever that means. Um, yeah, supposedly he could go anywhere from like from the Hawks pick all the way down to like the 20s. I think he goes here. I think the Wolves are in desperate need of some defense on the wing, and he would definitely provide that. He's a really switchable, versatile defender. He can probably guard like 2 through 4. Ones might trip him up a little bit. They might be a little too quick for him, but... He's a solid defender. He's like a little. He's like a worse version of Jeremy Sohan, basically. And his jump shot is broke. Uh, it's not broke, but it looks really weird. Like, his release is, like, from over his right shoulder. He needs to improve that um, from outside. But he can also slash and he can also score on the inside. So, kind of makes up for it a little bit. I think the Wolves would do really well getting some defense on the squad. Uh, so, yeah. But also wouldn't be surprised if the Wolves went for someone like Ty Tai Washington or Blake Wesley or Kenny Chandler who are we'll talk about later okay so we're going 20 to the Spurs and I think we're going to go I think we're going to have a little bit of a a little bit of a reach here which is fine because I really, really like this guy and I think he'd fit amazingly on the Spurs I think it's Jake LaRavia I really, really like his fit with the Spurs. He would he would be like a little bit of a reach here, but at the same time, like I said, he can shoot the ball. He has potential to do a lot of other things. He can actually uh, assist a little bit. You know, he has he has some decent vision. He can get boards for you. His defense, he's a little slow, but he has a good wingspan and he can make up for it um, with that. I think he could end up being a really, really good player like a almost like a Jeff Green type of role player and I think the Spurs would really appreciate a guy like that and I wouldn't be surprised if they go in other other directions obviously like I said like Blake Wesley's on the board like they could probably go Blake Wesley and I wouldn't be surprised they could also go Candy uh, Chandler or Washington I wouldn't be surprised at those either but I think Jake LaRavia is a really really good uh, fit here I think they need to, they, I think the Spurs need to beef up their front court especially like their wings and I think this would just go you know I think this would just really help them out here Especially help out DeJounte Murray. So let's go to the next pick, which is the 21st pick. This is Denver Nuggets. I'm gonna have him take Tie Washington, and I think Tie is an incredible fit here in Denver. I think he can play on he can play on and off the ball. He's really underrated, he's really sneakily underrated, and it's happening again where a Kentucky guard who got injured and wasn't utilized properly at Kentucky is going is dropping down again. He has like a tail of two seasons, right? Like ha- like the season like half the season before he got injured, he looked incredible, like lottery pick potential. After he got hurt, just didn't look the same, right? So there is concern about how often will he get injured? Um but I think Tata will be okay. He's an average defender, like probably at best. Uh but that's okay. I just think he'd work so well offensively, especially with Jamal Murray. Because he could definitely play off of him, and he can also play off of Bones Island. And Jamal Murray is still coming back from injury; he's still hurting, right? And needs to take some days off. He steps up right into his spot and takes his place. Um, the Nuggets have been supposedly shopping Monte Morris and looking for an upgrade at point guard. I think Tata would be an upgrade at point guard, and he's really good in the pick and roll, and he would be dangerous with Nikola Jokic in the pick and roll. If they decide to use him in that way, he can also shoot. He can spot up from three. He can pull up from mid range. But he can't pull it from three, which is weird. <laughs> but I think he would be able to learn that eventually. And I think Taita is being sneakily underrated. I think he's going to be a really, really good uh, pro player. And I think people, a lot of people, are going to, you know, regret not taking him earlier potentially. So Taita Washington to the Nuggets. I think this is a steal of a pick. I think they do great here. Twenty-two Grizzlies. Okay. So I'm gonna have them taking uh, someone who is like a darling of the NBA Combine, along with Jalen Williams, is Dalen Terry. Dalen Terry is a six-foot-seven guard, and I think you know with with Tyus Jones probably leaving, uh, I think that he would be a really really good fit here, and I think he'd be perfect to grab, to, to back up uh, John Morant here. He just has he has a really really he has a really really solid. Um, Defensive upside as well as I mean look. He's a playmaker at six foot seven. He can you know He can score a little bit. His shooting is where he needs to really really improve um, His shot was kind of inconsistent, especially from three But if there's a team that can afford to just throw him on the bench let him develop it's the Grizzlies man And I I totally have total confidence that they would develop him So I think Dale and Terry will be a great fit with the Grizzlies number 23 the sixers i'm going to take a little bit of a different approach than most people are taking i think the sixers obviously they're trying to trade this pick uh, i think they're i think they're supposedly packaging Mat- matisse dybal in number 23 to try and get something so i wouldn't be surprised if this pick is gone but i'm making this pick for the sixers right now because that <laughs> that's who is picking <clears throat> so i think i'm going to pick walker kessler i'm saying this because they probably valued undervalued andre drummond and how much he brought just by being able to let him be coast in the regular season right DeAndre jordan is not good enough as a backup i think the sixers will be like hey why don't we take a guy who has some upside to be able to shoot eventually in mean, walker kessler so he can be like a similar we still run a similar scheme to Embiid, and also it's a solid paint protector i think walker kessler will be a great fit here and I think he'd be like, you know, the Andre Drummond that they needed, um, because let's be real, the Sixers played some of their best basketball when they could let Embiid rest and properly, you know, rest on the bench, and have a solid substitute at center that could just take his minutes, uh, and that would obviously keep him way more refreshed for the playoffs. I think Walker cuts was a great, a great fit here. So let's go to twenty-four. This is the Bucks, And I'm taking this purely because I want to see it, man. I want to see Nikola Jovic on the Bucks. You gotta think about that. Like if that pans out, like him next to Giannis, he's already six foot 10, him next to Giannis, who's like a seven footer, that is a scary front court because Nikola Jovic can handle, he can shoot a little bit, he can play make, he could do it, man. Uh, he could he could really I think he has one of the highest ceilings in this draft His defense needs some work, but if he's with the Bucks, he's okay. He has yawns to clean up for him, right? I Think this is like an upside pick that eventually down the road could pay off Really really well, and I think he'd be an amazing fit with the Bucks if he's here. I really think the Bucks should take him uh, I don't know if he'd help immediately like like maybe they would be looking for but just the potential that he could help down the line and if he grows into the player he could be like this is going to be an unstoppable front court potentially one day if that ever happens right if he develops to the player he wants to be and everybody's probably already heard it yeah make the jokes about Nikola Jokic Nikola Jovic <laughs> if the nuggets take him man i i'm already sick of that joke and it's just going to get even worse right if the nuggets take him and that's a Jovic and jokic jovic and jokic Nuggets, please don't take Nikolejo <laughs> Please let him, let him fall to the Bucks. Bucks scoop him up. You guys would be really lucky to have him. Really lucky to have him. 25. So, Spurs could do a lot of different things here. They could take any of these th- guards right here. Kenny Chandler would be a solid fit here. Uh, you know, backing up DeJounte Murray. Blake Wesley as well. Jaden Hardy would give them something that they kind of don't have, which is a guy who can just create his own bucket at any moment. Potentially, that obviously that's his potential. I think they'd really be looking at Hardy and Beauchamp and even Christian Brown here. I think a guy that they're really looking for, though, that even though they're saying they're drafting, like, like I said, even though their GM said we're drafting the best player available, it's only according to their board. They might have certain guys above, like a Kennedy Chandler, above like a Blake Wesley, Or they could also be concerned because there is one guy that I think would fit amazingly on this team that I think the Spurs would really want and that might not be available by their second-round pick because the Raptors are pick 33 and the Spurs are pick 38. And I think the Raptors would take this guy if he was there. So I'm going to reach a little bit for the Spurs again. I'm going to take the guy that I think they should take, Ishmael Kamagate. This guy reminds me of a Robert Williams-esque player. He's a really solid paint protector. He can move his feet very well. He's a guy who would probably not get run off the court in the playoffs, which is really important for centers nowadays. You need to be able to stay on the court during the playoffs. He could do it. He has so much potential on him, and this would give the Spurs another person in the front court, especially at center, to really help them out. Yaka Pertl is really good, but he it can't just be him alone. Like, which is basically what it is at this point. Um Zach Collins is good, but constantly he's hurt, sadly. Um So Ishmael Kalagate would be great here. I I think that they would if they make this pick here instead of in the second round, it would be because they fear that he won't get back to him. Um And so yeah. And something else about the second round I do want to say though is This is one of the deepest second rounds I've seen in a long time, guys. Like, genuinely, this is a very deep second round. So, the Spurs, even though they're reaching for a second round ish prospect, there's going to be talent there uh, at their 38th pick. 38th pick that's going to be really solid, I think. Um, But we'll get into that a little bit later. I'll I'll shout out some of the second round prospects. I'm not going to do a full second round mock, that should be way too much for me right now. let's go ahead and go 26 for the Rockets. Rockets I think I, I would think it would go best player available or at least highest potential available and I think highest potential is Jaden Hardy right now. Look he can shoot the ball right The question is kind of a lot of other things he has he also has a really good handle. He has so much potential. he just needs a place where he can get minutes and develop um, and just so we can fully realize that potential right? He had a really disappointing season with the Ignite, but kind of like to close, like I'd say, like maybe like the last month, he actually started looking really solid. And if he continues that pace on the Rockets, he could end up becoming an amazing bench scorer for them. And I think he'd even play really well off of um, off of Jalen Green. Uh, But yeah, I think that they would just go best player available or highest potential upside here, and I think Jaden Hardy has that, so I would go Jaden Hardy there. Even though they really could use Kennedy Chandler as well or or Blake Wesley like a like a guard that can play make. because I don't know if <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't know if Kevin Board Jr. is a full time point guard. I really I, I don't know. I think he has good he has good playmaking like upside. Like he's a solid playmaker, but I don't think he's the primary playmaker. So Ken, I wouldn't be surprised if the Kennedy Chandler is available there, I wouldn't be surprised if they went with him too. Speaking of Kennedy Chandler, I'm going with him to the Heat. I mean look, the thing about Kennedy Chandler is that if he was just three or four inches taller, he'd be potentially going in the lottery. Like I genuinely believe that. He can shoot, he can score, he can drive, he can pull up. He's re- he can score from all three levels basically. Um and he's a really good playmaker. He has really solid vision. The biggest problem is that he's short. He's six foot in shoes. This this uh this is inaccurate, like this height right here. He's like six foot in shoes, five eleven without, and it's a tough road for guys who are small like that. I could definitely see him falling and end up being like a steal. Um, but if he falls to the Heat, that would be a match made in heaven, because he could he could you know he could end up being not an amazing defender, but that doesn't matter as much when you're playing with the Miami Heat, who have an incredible defense overall, and he'd provide them with something they really need, which is a point guard who can playmake and who can shoot. I think that they, that's what they've been looking for, um, and he can do it off the bat. I think I get. I think he could definitely contribute off the bat. I wouldn't say in his first year he's going to be a starter or anything, but like that. But I think he could give really good bench minutes in his first year. Uh, and yeah, overall, just I mean, also something with Kenny Chandler is he's still really aggressive defensively. Like he still really hustles and gives a lot of effort defensively, even though he's smaller. Uh, so. Like I said, if he was a couple, if he was a few inches taller, he'd be in the lottery. He's a really good prospect. If anybody can make this guy work, it is the Miami Heat, and I think he'd be an amazing fit here. I like I've been saying at the at the end of it, like every prospect, <laughs> but I mean that's why I'm making these picks. Warriors would definitely take best player available here. They don't need anybody to really help them out right away. They're not looking for that because look at the end of the day (laughs) They just want a championship (laughs) like they don't need immediate help, right? So they could use just whoever they think is the best player available or the highest potential available And so I think they'd be choosing between Blake Wesley and Marjan Beauchamp if they're both here I think they go Blake Wesley in the end Just something about Blake Wesley when you watch him is so special like the way he's so shifty with his handles low-key and he can kind of get to the paint like uh Pretty often, his problem is finishing, uh, particularly well or consistently, and also shooting. Uh, but look, if anybody can sit him in the back and develop him, it's the Warriors, and they would come out with a really, really solid guard who could end up being like a potential future, um, like like bench guy for them. And he plays a lot of good defense, so I mean, he would be. Uh, I think he could play with Jordan Poole as well if he needs to. He'd just be really, really good. Like I think Blake Wesley would be really good. And they're having, in the words of building like a young bench mob, which is going to end up being their future starters, basically. And that's, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that all ends up uh, working out. I think Blake Wesley would be a great addition to those young guys that they have with Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga and Jordan Poole. I think he fit really well with them. So, yeah. <coughs> Grizzlies at 29. There's a couple obvious picks here that they could go. They go Christian Brown. They could go Marjan Beauchamp. But I feel like the Grizzlies are in the same boat where they feel like they can just kind of, you know, let some dude chill in the back and they can just develop them. And I'm, I'm confident that they could do it. They've shown that they could do it. So I think they're going to take a swing for a higher upside player, a guy that they've reportedly been high on they've really liked and who might not, you know, be available in the second round. Let's see if I can find him. There he is. Caleb Houston this guy is kind of raw uh his efficiency doesn't look great (laughs) but like i said he's six foot eight and he can kind of create his own shot at at points if they can develop this guy he could end up being a steal for them in this draft uh so i think that they would just take the risk there uh they would take caleb houston who's that small forward who could uh kind of help back up at, at that position i don't know if dylan brooks is going to be there permanently so you know, maybe um, he, he can slide he can slide up to small forward for them, uh, eventually at some point. And you know, Desmond Bain would slide to shooting guard, and then the rest of their roster would fill out. I just think Caleb Houston would be a really solid fit here, and I think they really like him, so I think they're going to reach for him and take him here. And look, I want to be honest. Like I'd say from like pick twenty two and on. Um, maybe like 24 I think 24 is like my cutoff for like locked and loaded first-round picks everybody else is like in a similar tier of, tier of talent to the second rounders, and I really do think that like from like 25 to maybe even like 40 I think the the talent levels somewhat similar uh, And honestly a lot of these guys could go up and down all over the board I mean Patrick Baldwin jr. Could be a first. I doubt it He could be a first-round pick though same with max Christie. I wouldn't be surprised Josh Mina, I wouldn't be surprised. Hugo Basson. Coloco, I totally wouldn't be surprised if he's the first, but I mean, we'll talk about that in a second. Last pick for the Nuggets, I think they take Marjon Beauchamp. It's either, them, it's either him or Christian Brown, and I think Beauchamp just, I think his potential defensively, you know, he's a really solid defender already, and I think he should be a really good fit with the rest of the guys they have right now. Uh, I think he'd be a guy that they could totally play, plug and play, and any, at from the one through three, uh, he's really long defensively, and he has a great story. He's a great guy. Like, he really came from the mud. Um, but, yeah, I think they really like this guy. He's a really good culture pick. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that's basically that's my first round right there. There you go. That is my entire first round right there. Some picks are, like, down below here. There we go. Let me know what you think drop a like, but I also want to bring up some of the uh, Some of the second round guys because there are some really good second round picks in this draft like genuinely really good second round picks Let's start with Andrew Nimhart. I Think he's he could be end up being a first rounder. I think he's a really solid player Christian Brown, obviously Gabrielle Procida Christian Coloco Bryce McGowan's Max Christie Wendell Moore Trevor Keels Kendall Brown Patrick Baldwin jr. Josh Minot Hugo Besson Peyton Watson jun Lee, Ron Harper Jr., Darion Sebron, Isaiah Mobley, J.D. Davidson, Jalen Williams, Ryan Rollins, Alondis Williams, Kofi Coburn, and I'm sure I'm I'm sure I'm actually forgetting a couple people as well. I really think that this is one of the deepest second round drafts in a while, and I think uh, a lot of these second round picks could end up being really effective. This is kind of reminding me of like the Draymond Green second round pick era because there's actually a lot. if you look go back and look at Draymond Green's draft. There were a lot of good second rounders in that draft. And I think this could be somewhat similar to that. So, like I said, this is my first round lock draft. Thank you for sticking with me all the way, if you've, if you've listened all the way. Subscribe, follow, do all that good stuff if you have. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Like I said, I've been Burt. This is Speak True Sports. Thank you for tuning in. I'll catch you next time. Goodbye.